So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of freedom nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code ROBW10, that's R-O-B-W-10, for some immediate savings. Have you been searching for something healthy and natural to make you feel better and get you back on the up and up? Let me introduce you to Life Cycle Mushroom Tinctures. Life Cycle is now transformed into an evolutionary mushroom biotechnological company that harnesses the great potential mushrooms possess. Life Cycle's mission is to deliver the highest possible ethos attached to the incredible professional products to those who wish to upgrade their wellness and reach their true potential. Let's start with Turkey Tail for your gut health, Rishi for relaxation, Lion's Mane for focus, Cordyceps to help your body realize its true natural potential, and shiitake for your hair, nail, and skin support. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiots.com, look for the Lifecycle link, use CSIPOD10 for a promo code to help you save some money today. This was never about money for us, it was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, uh, Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob. You, sir, are. Arlo. And you, sir, are. Cousin Johnny. Fellas, a lot going on in the world today. A lot going on in uh, in the world of people calling people out on their bullshit. Can, think, we, can we just, can I get another billionaire and a multimillionaire to tell me how I need to send money? Yeah, please, please. please. I, I feel we're at, we're at that point right now where we talk every week, and I feel like we've reached the pinnacle. But then the next week shows up and says, "Hey, hold my beer, man." That video with Oprah and The Rock has been stitched. That one lady has gone viral. Oh, but you're so concerned that, and she just kept hitting them, hitting them, hitting them, and everybody has duetted it and everything. I'm like. I really don't know where how he recovers from like any sort of like he honestly the guy was he was kind of like a favorite to everybody a little bit like the time he pulled up beside that baseball team uh, high school baseball team in Georgia and he he like did a video like well I guess it was some sort of Facebook live or whatever and they they're like all excited and he shows up places and does stuff. Let me let me just pick let me tell you the difference but the two different polar opposite athletes. And, I, and and maybe this will make sense. You got The Rock and what he's done, what he does, and how he does his thing. And you got Shaquille O'Neal and what he's done and how he does his thing. They are two different people. Let me tell you, they are two different people. And and people gave Shaquille shit for buying Papa John's, but why not? I mean, he he was very smart with his money. Charles and him both talk about how Michael was, Jordan was like, look, 
here's what you got to do. Yeah. And, you know, just a somebody that has – there's not many athletes that champion the role model cape, but Shaq has continuously done that. There's videos – you know, there's one little video. He's over there doing a press thing, and a kid gets out of line and runs over and pulls on his pants like, well, security's like, and his mama's coming over there, and he's like, uh-uh, bring him back. Come here. And so he just picks him up, and he's yeah. holding him doing the interview. You know, I mean, that's the things that – the little things like that. And the stuff about – this is un – well, not unknown. I guess less known. Um, Denzel has written checks to, like, small municipalities because they were in need to upgrade their police stuff. Or and, – and there's no – he doesn't make sure there's any press. He just strokes the check. Here it is, and those kind of people, yeah, that that give without wanting the limelight. He seems to me like if he's somebody, and I may be completely wrong about the guy, but I I have pretty good discernment and I pay attention to shit. And he just kind of seems to me like he's an opportunist. Like he will he will make himself noticed. With, with whatever's going on around him as long as people are talking about it. And I think he's got himself in a situation now where for the first time in his life, the people are talking about him super negative. Like they they are – what was the movie with Roddy Piper? Was it um, – The glasses where you yes. can see, yeah. I think if we had Roddy Piper's glasses, uh, glasses to look at him, you'd probably see a different face on that man along with Oprah. I hate that. I really hate – I mean – Ober, I think Ober's a piece of shit, I'll just be honest. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like The Rock has just kind of duped us all for, for some fame and fortune. In the same way, Jason Momoa, I feel like the same way with him. I, Both of them had an opportunity to just go out there and roll their sleeves up and get stuff done. And yes, and they just did not. Uh, and they had to get approval first. And that's the, that's the worst thing. You know, I, I, there's people that pull the puppet strings – that will say yay or nay to things. I, I would hate to know that that I couldn't make a decision, a, a good Unless humanitarian I, decision. Right. You know, you know what's right. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need people to tell you what to do. Right. Mm-mm. You don't need that. That's ingrained in your DNA. Unless you're just a piece of shit. But I mean, it goes back to what you said about Denzel. It's that whole thing that you used to talk about. It's what it's it's that character. What is it you do when nobody else is looking? integrity, baby? What was what it you do when it was? Yeah. Integrity, integrity over, or I'm sorry, loyalty over integrity. And a lot of people get pissed off about that, but I think that's where some of us in our generation and in the generations after us have lost sight of that. And the, the I can't think of the guy, I'll look it up, and out of nowhere I'll say his name, but um, he owns a couple of companies. And he employs veterans and active duty guys to work. He's got a skateboard shop. And he said, if you call me in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., you just got pulled over, and you're 100 yards from the base, you damn right I'll put my dress blues on, and I'll come out there and tell them I'm your commanding officer and get you out of a ticket because we're loyal to each other. I know you've got my back. Mm-hmm. Do I have integrity in that situation? No, I have no integrity in that situation, but I'm loyal <laughs> to you. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to bring up uh, before we get into tonight's topic, California is every single high-end 
type of business. And we're talking about like Fendi, Gucci, Prada, Tom Ford, anything and everything that's got a name on it. Even jewelry stores, high-end jewelry stores, things like that. They are all closing shop, shutting down in before in in California. I mean, it's, it's rampant. You see every day you can watch these videos over and over and over, different scenarios, different places, these smashing grabs. Um, the one thing I like seeing now is people. That one a, store locked the doors and they were beating the shit out of him. They yes. beat that bit. They beat that boy. Man, they beat him. And he deserved every bit of it. He deserved every bit of it. But he, what, what you did see was them, them beating on him. But what you didn't see was there's another video to where he, he assaulted one of the, one of those, one of the people that worked there first. And man, did he, he, and even the guy in the gas station just walked back behind the thing stealing cigarettes. And those two guys beat the brakes off of him. And that old boy with the broom has got some so, pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. He missed that his coworker by millimeters, and he is just laser beaming that old boy. You got millions and millions of dollars of merchandise that's being stolen. There's no recourse. The police can't act on it because they'll lose their job if they arrest somebody that's doing this. It's just, just like a free-for-all. But, uh, but yeah, they're pulling out of all the, all the shops. They're closed them all down. Like I'm talking about Hollywood. We're talking about Rodeo, uh, Drive. Rodeo Drive. Everything's just kind of closing down. And the bad thing is, in that sense, the reason they're doing it, when all the smash grab goes on, these insurance companies aren't paying out for lost inventory or anything else. Right. So from the protection standpoint, they don't. Those businesses don't have it. We all know how we feel about insurance on this show. <laughs> so you know they ain't paying, son. They're not paying. No, and another flying the ointment out there is Newsom's dumbass is trying to charge Governor Abbott in Texas with trafficking because he's busting those migrants to <laughs> California. <laughs> I saw that. He's busting them to Los Angeles, which is a sanctuary city, and he's like, you can't until you drop sanctuary city status. Sorry. Um, Ask New York how that went. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's it's uh, it's. I just seen a video today where yeah, everybody's bleeding hearts like, oh, these women and children, they don't have a fighting chance this, that, and the other. Well, they stopped all these people at the border of Arizona. They're like early 20s. Uh, people coming in from Africa, people coming in from the Middle East, people coming in from South America. I they saw. ain't no women and children. They're like 20-something-year-old fighting men, fighting age. You know, there was me. a news conference with a Texas Ranger and a local sheriff's department, and they've asked some of the one – the uh, cartel guys they've arrested and they were like we don't care about the fentanyl in there we want to kill the gringos and he's like but you don't understand they're the white people aren't taking your drugs it's the you're minorities. killing you're killing all the minorities Any, and the and the cartel guy said the cartels every one of them anybody north of that border is considered is considered a gringo oh wow yeah and then some dumbass was out there with a cell phone hey y'all can stop building the wall didn't y'all know Donald Trump's not the president, and the guy turns around and goes, "Mexico's paying for this," and then handed him the bird. Good for him. Would you see where they made a swinging door, like a a gate door, out of the man? Come on. Um, one more thing that I saw today, and if somebody saw, if they know something different about this, I may be speaking out a turn, which is not uh, something that I'm afraid to do. I was on Broad Street today. I had to go run some stuff to a hospital, and. You know where DeSoto, the theater is? Well, across the street, there's, I think there's like a, like you can book kayaking trips. Like or something high, like. high Point or something? Yeah, like that. Something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So they had a Cricket Wireless tent up 
big, huge tent. And there's people all over the place out there. So I, of course, I'm nosy as hell. So I'm just like slow rolling through there looking like, what are they doing over here? It's like a carnival over here. What's going on? If I'm wrong, please please tell me I'm wrong. But if I read this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read it correctly and I was driving slow enough. I think what was going on over there was they were they were checking your vaccination status and they were giving away phones. I don't know if they were giving vaccinations out on the sidewalk or not, but I would not be surprised. But I was a little disappointed to see that in my in my hometown. Like really disappointed to see that. Well, it's coming back because L.A. County just initiated the mask mandate back i wanted to go back around and break out my phone and chat it up with them and then talk to some lab rats who wanted a free cell phone because man i was so disappointed when i was and i was like man come on we're not doing this again but you know what we are we are doing this again well there's i got a feeling that we're we as a collective are not going to do it again no i, I think no. that's what i was about to say i think there's enough people that have lost jobs well there was a is it Massachusetts, New York, upstate New York, somewhere up there? They fired all those nurses, and now there's a nurse shortage, and they're having to call them back. And yeah. they're like, "Oh no, if we come, if I come back, I want A, B, C, and D, mm-hmm. and I want it in writing." Yeah, and my thing too is, I mean, I've already made it. I've been vocal about it. If I if I have to take another shot to keep my job, I'll be doing something different. I might need to buy a car from me if. Uh, <laughs> It's my next move. I don't know. I don't know. So, and last thing. Uncle Baby Billy's tonic. Yeah. You just take one swig of this every morning. I ain't making the dime off of it. I, little did I know we were friends with somebody that used to be roommates with Aunt Tiffany uh, in Atlanta. They were trying to make it together. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And she made it. So, uh, we, uh, I said, please tell her. It was her birthday a couple of days ago. And I was like, tell her we said happy birthday. And we would love to talk to her on this show. So we would love to get her. And, man, maybe we could get an angle in there to get Walt Goggins to call in. It would be great. So one last thing about somebody handling business and taking care of stuff. I know we've all seen the video of Romper Stomper. Man, her her initial interview is priceless. <laughs> I just had to pee, and my mama's getting her ass beat. So I was like, oh, hell no, not today. Not today, son. <laughs> this girl's never even been in a fight. Uh-uh. Like, like, buddy, she had some pent-up frustration. You don't mess with her mama. so. But, yeah, in case you, you've been living under a rock and you don't know what that's about, it was it a Morgan Wallen concert? I think so. But what's it's one of those shit-kicking Barstool it was concerts. the first one to get her an interview. Yeah, Dave Portnoy interviewed her. I saw that. But she goes, her mom apparently is in the porta potty or got in, going to the porta potty and I guess she jumped in front of somebody by accident or whatever, and, and you got this, this dish rag from uh, some trailer park down somewhere. Uh, squared up with her mom and tackled her into the the porta potty and then some other woman. I think the other woman was really just trying to help. Like she, I don't know, I don't know, but she was she's at the wrong place at the wrong damn time. So, but you see this girl come around the corner and she's got on a blue jean romper with some white cowboy boots. She commences, and she commences to cleaning house. So she, she hits that one girl with the door about six times. Yeah, and then like uh, the one girl that I thought was just the lady that was just trying to help her out, and of course I think she was. She was way drunk. The one that the second one that she got, she slammed the door on her like you said, and she hit the she fell over, and then the next thing you know, she opened that door up and she she booted her right in the face with that cowboy boot, bam, Damn. like stomped her ass right there in the in the in the porta potty. So, don't be messing with people's mamas at country concerts. You get you opening up a, a can on you that you didn't even realize it was there. So, it was freaking wild. Um, before and one more thing before we get into that. Oh, man, this is not Florida. But it should be. But it should be. <laughs> On today's What the Florida, 
Delta flight returns after passenger has diarrhea all the way through the plane. Yes! Passengers reboard flight to Spain after eight-hour delay while social media posts describe flight crews mopping up shit. feces. Shit. So <laughs> we, we are now no longer saying shit the bed. You now shit have the plane. to shit, the, shit plane. the plane. <laughs> God dang it. Yes. Yes. Footage emerged on the onboard a medical emergency that forced the U.S. airliner back to Atlanta only two hours into its flight to Spain and a messy trail of diarrhea left by a struggling passenger. I wonder if he had a Burger King's onion rings. Man, they shit. For, you had that in the airport. All the Guaranteed. way. Today was at Bobby Flay's hamburger place, probably. <laughs> I don't know. No, they played at Jimmy Buffett's. Oh, oh, never mind. Hey, did y'all? <laughs> by the way, uh, we have, we lost our, 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 our music, uh, uh, what, a famous musician this weekend. We did, and uh, everybody knows this song off of Shrek, and uh, and then some guy named Jimmy died too. So, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, not a, that, man. The off, what was his name? Fallout was it? The Fallout Boys? Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Yeah, that's one. He, they. I don't know what happened, but like I saw an article that said basically they had sent him home and said, get your shit in order, and then he was dead within two yeah, days. Yeah, 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 it happened quick. What's yeah, wrong? Yeah. I think he had some kind of um, cancer. Like a rampant, a rampant cancer, yeah. And then supposedly, allegedly, Jimmy had cancer that yeah, he kept quiet. Yeah, yeah. Or a rare did. form of cancer. Jimmy have a Jimmy jab? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He that last couple of concerts, he was up there. Like browbeating the crowd, better get your shot. Well, he had to cancel like half of his tour last the last tour he had. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. go ahead with your shit playing. Uh, Magnus Chris spent five count them one two three four five hours cleaning the Delta Airline Airbus A three fifty after it's four it was an enforced landing, including replacing the aisles carpet. I was about to say you can't get that out. No. Okay, so my question is: Was it going to New York then to Spain, or was this a nonstop? Oh, good question. I Because I if you got to pull a U-turn, U-turn around Bermuda to come back to Atlanta, that's some nasty stuff. Yeah, you, yeah you're risking everybody's life. <laughs> that's Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to bank hard to the left. Hold on. <laughs> we Knowing everybody in those aisles. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, crash this motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Park it right here in the ocean. I don't even care. Um, you got passengers reportedly included. One suffering from diarrhea were allowed to reboard after the eight-hour delay. Making it to Barcelona on Saturday with no further incident. Can you get a bus just to come and get me? <laughs> Drive me across the ocean. Uh, accounts on board. Um, some describe the flight crew doing their best to mop up the mess with paper towels and scented <laughs> disinfectants. But uh, it only made the smell of the plane. It's smell. a closed circuit air. We talked about smoking on airplanes last week. From one passenger, <laughs> it smelled like vanilla shit. <laughs> I'm reading this straight out. Of, uh, another described the cabin crew placing absorbent paper uh, over the They didn't aisle. have the barf sawdust? What? Man, how can you not have that? I mean, that's that's key. That used to be my opening uh, day of school speech. If you're going to get sick, grab a trash can, because if they come in here and pour that stuff on... We're all going home. I'm out. I'm, I'm going to throw up on you. Ugh. Uh, audio recording of the conversation between the pilot and air traffic controller oh, revealed good. Uh, the reason for the jet sudden turnaround over central Virginia. It's just a biohazard issue. We had a passenger who had bad, uh, bad diarrhea all through the plane, so we've got to come back to Atlanta. He couldn't come to Charlotte? 
don't know. Because I'd have been calling everybody within. I'd have been like, do y'all see a cornfield anywhere? We can get some corn cobs to and wipe better these guys yet, when we get there. <laughs> and better yet, y'all ain't got another plane that we can just hop these people on? Let's just park and switch. The incident came a week after Air Canada apologized to two passengers who were booted from the flight from Seattle to Montreal because they complained uh, being made to sit in seats covered in vomit. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Not, not happening. I would have pulled the lady that saw something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> man, I'm going to tell you right now, that's another one. We'll have to talk about that one later. She's, that's a whole She's connected to a hat. whole lot of different folks causing problems right now in the world. So, um, tonight's episode, uh, I'm really trying to just shake off trying to imagine being on an airplane with so much shitting all over the place. But my question is... Was, was he it in like first the, class and he ran all the way back? Was it like the chick off of uh, Hall Pass? <laughs> <laughs> Sneezed and then it was over. Uh, flavor, flavor. She's like, want me to call you tomorrow? No, I sure don't. Have a safe trip home. So, <laughs> um, I had watched uh, this weekend, uh, our little long weekend. I had actually, this is one that we kind of wanted to talk about, but I kind of I hadn't really you know, put a lot of thought into it. So I watched Painkiller on Netflix. If you haven't watched Painkiller on Netflix, it's pretty much the story of uh, Richard Sackler, Dr. Richard Sackler, and how uh, OxyContin was started. And it was probably the saddest part of this whole thing is it's true. It's terrible. And we probably, I think there was over close, it's close to half a million or maybe over half a million people have died. Half a, oh, It says roughly a half a million Americans. Uh, over OxyContin. Uh, abuse addiction uh and overdose so yeah he in the late 90s he through his private company purdue pharma touted oxycontin as a less prone to addiction and abuse painkiller and profited tens of billions i got billions my number was 35 billion that is unreal with a b um yeah, I watched this thing, and, and I can kind of see. So, so what had typically happened is they owned a patent on a on a on a um, opioid called MS. Is was it Cotton? MS Cotton. There was actually a generic pill being developed, probably by who we covered in Canada this past two weeks. <laughs> and go they, ahead. And they were going to cut pretty much the price and like just down to to cents. Um, so they, they ramped up uh, OxyContin, which is basically heroin in a pill form. Yeah. A uh, little blue or a little pretty pill, you know, easy to take. Um, they had went through and started developing this drug, uh, I think it was in 1990 when it started. Uh, and in 1995, they were pushing to get this thing approved through the FDA. <coughs> FDA was shooting it down. Um, they would continue to send reports in saying, that it was less addictive, less habit forming. It was way safer than any other. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, opioid. Opioid. Yeah, I can't remember. Opioid on the market. Um, so what this guy did? Where did he drop it off there, Arlo? Where was where was a good starting point for us? Well, the way the way I read it, they distanced themselves when they started when when the light starts creeping under the door. They start distancing themselves from Purdue Pharma, mm-hmm. and but they were running. It was almost like Wolf of Wall Street yes. shit with their salespeople trying to push those this oxycotton. That was exactly what I thought when I watched. And this. then they ramped up production so bad that when they finally 
the shit hit the plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is never going to get old. The I mean, the Reader's Digest version of this, and everybody knows this, they dumped every um, bottle that they could in coal mine towns mm-hmm. all through Appalachia. Yep. And if you, going back to, you said heroin, and, and it's called hillbilly heroin. Yep. If you just want to watch a train wreck for an hour and a half, two hours, watch the wild family, the wild whites. whites. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're smashing Oxycontin on the toilet lid of the tank in a strip club and snorting mm-hmm. right before what girl, one of the daughters or granddaughters goes to rehab. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure it, I don't know, I guess it was the first. I guess like meth type drug where it didn't matter. You could smoke it, you could ingest it, you could yep. shoot it up, yep. you could do anything to it. Right. And it was highly addictive. Yeah. It uh it the numbers staggered when they started when actually start they started investigating, the numbers ran very parallel to the the crack cocaine uh, yeah. uh, uh, epidemic epidemic in, in New York. And you could see like the same scale, you know, the same increase of crime, same increase of uh, break-ins, uh, homicide, yeah, all, all that, that all of it, and uh, you know, overdose and things like that. Um, the other thing on this, like you were talking about with the Wolf of Wall Street thing, they picked the hottest girls right out of college. They would hold, um, they would they would have like uh, sales rallies. They would have. This super successful girl who's wearing designer everything, dressed to the nines, driving a Porsche. She's there talking to all these girls in college, these young college girls. And she's like, you know, it's great you're going to college, but I'm about to show you how to make more money than you can spend. And so they're recruiting these these really pretty young girls out of college to go into these doctor's offices and push this stuff in. And like you said, I mean, we're talking about thirty five billion dollars. Um that's a that's a hell of a sales uh, pitch and a hell of uh, a record sales. I mean, I I can't even fathom that number. I yeah. mean, it's it's unfathomable. Well, and I was amazed that there was actual at the New Yorker a journalist. Keefe is his last name. He's the one that wrote and published the the expose that kind of broke down the the whole thing. And he says, and he wound up writing a book about the whole thing that he couldn't put in the article, but. He says their marketing, like you said, was phenomenal. But what he found, and he says, quote, the Sacklers have always excelled at confidence, at the confidence game of marketing. And it struck me that the greatest trick they ever pulled was how they wrote the family out of the history of the family business that they started at Purdue Pharmaceuticals. And I don't, it, it, it is mind-blowing at how they were able to I guess slowly change over the the corporate structure where there was there was not any sacklers. There was so, nobody to to charge. But wasn't all this part of the campaign? Wasn't it Arthur Sackler? He was one of the brothers originally. They talked about how he was so savvy with his marketing that he's the one that came up with what you talked about about trying to have this crazy advertising uh, idea about how he wanted to be able to go directly to. Uh, or pioneer in medical advertising. He's the one that devised the campaigns appealing directly to doctors and listening those prominent physicians so that they would endorse mm-hmm. produce products. Yep. And I think that goes back to what you were saying, Orlo, is he was trying to find ways 
to get the family name out of it, but yet keep the the money keep the in. pocket open. Well, and the thing is, the late nineties, if you think about it, when Oxy started hitting, and that's about the time you start seeing drug advertisements. And the other, yeah, you're right. And the other thing too, like in the in the in the TV show, you'll see. I mean, they have plush like pills with like a smiley face and legs. Like that they gave out of the daughter's office bucket hats and well they, we're in the nineties so we're you know we got bucket hats and t shirts and uh, they put their damn name on everything, everything from designer labels to ancient Egyptian monuments displayed at the Met yeah so it always said Sackler family but the, what didn't say Sackler family was oxycontin but that goes back to that Arthur guy they talk about he had one of the he had a collection. Uh, they said he is the foremost art collector of his generation. Ended up when he passed, they donated the majority of his collections to museums around the world. Yeah, they he had he had a ton of art. Like it was like I'm talking like shit from temples and um, pyramids, and like he had an unbelievable collection of ancient artifacts. Oh yeah, but I mean, if you're their name, their names billions. are all over. Museums, yeah. I mean, they had their names, like you said, all over. Guggenheim. They had the Met. They. It was. I don't know, man. It, it's it's crazy how they did it. But Purdue Pharmaceuticals wound up filing bankruptcy after 2019, and somehow, and NPR just published an article. I think this year or last year, they're Teflon Dons, dude. Yeah. They have only they've made thirty five billion and and part of we're not even talking about civil suits um, that they've paid out undisclosed amounts they've paid two hundred twenty five million in damages to the justice department mm-hmm. but if you're paying that fine to the justice department and I know before we even get the first email or tweet y'all take a deep breath and let me finish yeah. This was before the Justice Department was as criminal as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then I'll even go with that too. Like we're talking about how they've got these, they've got these, these beautiful young college girls going in these doctors' offices. Their commission was not only based off the number of prescriptions that were wrote, but they were also based on the increased milligrams of what. And they had a, they had one pill. It was 160 milligrams. Jesus. They called that one, it was a nickname, the Oxycoffin. Oh. And when they they had started out, these people, they, they're giving them, like, starting them out on low doses. Well, I was going to think, I was trying to think back. It's oxycodone now. Well, it started as oxycodone. Oxycodone was first. Okay, so this still out. Oxycodone is still out there because when I had Yeah, my, you can still get that teeth extracted they tried to give me that stuff and i was like no uh i'll just i'll take my tylenol and and play with the pain i have a bad reaction to opioids yeah um i don't yeah i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad i don't i, I do because, i know better yeah. i mean i'm gonna tell you right now i know better because i like the way it makes me feel yeah. but i don't like what it does to my intestines i have michael jackson's in my ear going the way you make me feel <laughs> i'm all warm and itchy man it's, it's good now. I don't. I didn't. I didn't think nothing. Now there was a couple of times after them them toothuses come out yeah. that I was like, I'm gonna sneak yeah. one. But it's, I had hip replacement surgery, so it's not like I'm so like trolling the streets trying to find some pills. So so let's go back to what you said though. With all the art and stuff that they did, let me name off a couple of places that bear the family name: the Sackler Gallery in Washington, the Sackler Museum at Harvard, the Sackler Center for Arts Education at the Guggenheim, 
the Sackler Wing at the Louvre, the Sackler Institutes and Facilities at Columbia, Oxford, and a dozen other universities. The Sacklers have endowed professorships and underwritten medical research. They will no longer, these institutions will no longer be accepting donations from the Sacklers. And some have began scraping the family names from their buildings. They may be scraping, but they're not returning. Are these all the people that were friends with Jeffrey Epstein? We're like, oh, we're not friends with him. He's a terrible person. Speaking of which, did you see where, um, what's the little, what's the country that little St. James is part of? I know what you're talking about. I can't think. That attorney general down there is going after um, the big Good. investment. The investment firm. Uh, the JP, big, JP Morgan. JP Morgan. Yeah, Good. I mean, like, she's got receipts. Good. I'm glad. Somebody's got a, I don't know how far it'll get, but. At least she's trying to yes. walk it till it's dead. She end up, well, she, she might she gonna walk, She's going to walk it too far probably and end up dead. So. Uh, the crazy thing, and I was watching this, they, they kept running at a roadblock. Arthur died in 87, Uncle yeah, Jimmy. Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur. Yeah. And he, you know what I love? He advised his children, leave the world a better place than you entered it. Well, with, Wait with a billions in your pockets. <laughs> Don't try to swim in that in coin. You'll drown. It's easy to say that if you're over there. What, what Scrooge McDuck? Yeah. I mean, that's what I see is he's swimming around in his money. Well, I mean, well, that, they said that it, asshole started the whole... They started that's, They started and got their money uh, by producing Valium. That well, was and, and what he they said started with. He was a remarkable inventor, but he also came up with this polymath that kept them rolling in the, the coin. But he started his businesses in New York City... During the Great Depression. So Arthur was a Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Yeah, for sure he was. Um, we had the whole issue with the FDA. They're trying to get it approved. Um, the FDA shooting it down. Like, no, 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 no. And Curtis Wright was the one that actually went ahead and gave the okay for approval on, uh, on this to be released. Um, and they... They claimed that it was less addictive, but they knew that it was highly addictive. It was extremely addictive. But they got Curtis to bite, and I, th- I don't know how long it was, maybe a year after Curtis approved OxyContin to be sold in the market, he was hired as an advisor to Purdue Pharma. Shit. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he got, so he got in there. Um, what it was, it had, um, so, so we start having people, we start them out with a low dose. Okay. The one thing that we've not talked about is how they wooed CVS, Johnson and Johnson. They had them all in their back. Walmart, McKesson, and they're now on the hook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're the ones, they're, they're the ones that's going to be taking a, taking a brunt for it. Holy shit. I'm just the amount of money. Guys, I can't get over it. The amount of money. No. Oh, well, I'm going to... No, gonna, I mean, what I'm saying, they're saying that $13 billion, that's more than the Rockefellers. I'm going to make you sick like their name, bit. Like, their name is up there with some of the most prominent names yes. of families that you have seen throughout history. History, yeah. And, and they're no, all... I, I'm sorry. They're, they're all, not they're out of time. time. And no, all, that's what's... I, I, I know. You just I know. wait. Y'all, y'all keep talking and go in one direction, and I keep looking at this going, holy shit, like I've had to reread it several so, times. So we've gave these people small doses of Oxycontin. That their doctors are prescribing it. I well, like the way it's it working. It warms me up like it's, a mint yeah, julep on a cold day. It's working. 
It's like, I don't feel my back ain't hurt no more. Matter of fact, I can't even fucking feel my fingers finger yeah. up my pants right now. But uh, I can work 10 hours in the coal mines. But we all know that your body starts adapting to whatever you take. So what do we do? We up the dose. So they start upping the dose. So these people start getting addicted to these doctors. Some of these, these doctors were more scruples and more morals. They're like, this is not good. And I can't, I'm not going to prescribe this to you. So then that opens up the pill mill runs. Yep, by the mafia. The mafia's running the pill mills. They got their hands in it with a doctor. Well, then you got the pill, which was right there across from the hospital in Rome. <laughs> yeah. they would. You would come in and tell them you need pain management. Yep, pain management clinics. And all they would be over. Those pain management clinics started in Florida, and they would be mm-hmm. more Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia, Carolina plates in the parking lot because they would bring down seven or eight people. They would write a 90-day prescription. Yes. And they would take that whole train back. Yep. So they would take, they would get all these people. They would caravan them up here. Maybe not here. Maybe they did in Florida. They caravan them there. They take their prescription. They would get it filled. So the guy driving them all there would give them a handful of whatever and some money. And he would take the bulk of the pills for himself. And he would sell that to a drug dealer. And those hit the streets. I think those were going for like $30 a pill. Yeah. I mean, that's the bad thing is this, this is like the octopus. I mean, it, it, it has tentacle. It reaches everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot of heads, a lot of tentacles on this monster. So so these people started getting to the point where the doctors were not, I'm not writing your prescription. You know, this, you're out of control. You're addicted. This is terrible. This was a bad idea. We're going to go a different route. Well, that, well, what happens next? These people start flipping out and start trying to go into these pharmacies, like legit family-owned pharmacies, jumping the counter, robbing them. They all they want to pill. They don't want any money. They just want drugs. You know they're so addicted to it. So, and it moved from taking a pill orally to people crushing it up, snorting it, to people shooting it in their veins, to and then some people shove it in their ass and take it that way. And I don't understand that at all. But Ooh. but it's uh it's a it, it was a way that they were they were taking it. But so. you were talking about some of the people that they get to a point because of it being the <clears throat> ugly stepsister of heroin. That's what would happen is a lot of times these people couldn't get the oxy, so they would turn to yes. heroin. That's and exactly if you're already crushing it and smoking it or shooting it or whatever it is that you're doing with it, yeah. that's you're, an easy transition. Yeah, you're not even worried about. Well, think about how e- at, back then it was easier to to uh, to procure heroin than it was oxy. Yeah, yeah. So when they cut the pill mills out, heroin spiked like it spiked. It came made a comeback. I don't know if y'all remember when they were like the heroin's made a comeback. Well, that's why. Um, it's still a problem now because, you know, now we, we deal with, like, pills that you buy off the streets are laced with fentanyl. Or you got heroin that's laced with fentanyl. So that, that opened the door for fentanyl to come in. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't know this until I listened to Rogan uh, interview Hogan, brother, on his podcast. I didn't know that they prescribed fentanyl for people in pain. Did you know that? In low doses, I had heard that. I didn't know I that. I had no idea no until clue. I heard that. Yeah, Hogan I, was on fentanyl. They were prescribing fentanyl for his back. Well, and those of you that are thinking, man, y'all are covering this story, and it's, you know, it's the opioid crisis is uh, kind of over. No. No, dude. No, it's it's, it's manifested like, into something way worse. They just said that. In 2020, in April of 2020, more than 81,000 people died from opioid crisis. Opioid overdoses. Yeah. So, just to take that further, 145 Americans now die every day from o- o- opioid overdoses. Yes. 145 a day. We um, 
in 2020, I don't know how they got them numbers because everybody was dying of COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like, is it? Co- oh, he's got track marks on his arm. We can't count this one as COVID. <laughs> Sorry. We tried. Um, yo, 20, uh, was it 2001? That's when the, when the shit was hitting the plane. Uh, so <laughs> we've coined it. It's, we, we're gonna stick. it's a t-shirt. It's coming. Yeah, it's There's coming. a bumper sticker coming your way. Um, but that's when you started seeing the rise, like we were talking about, it scaled the same uh, lines as, as crack did. And in, in that, that was the epidemic. We're seeing an epidemic at this point. There's the crimes on the rise, uh, break-ins, burglaries, uh, robberies, murders, overdoses, all that. So what did the Secklers do? He said, hey, here's how we're going to tackle this. We're going to blame the addicts. It's not our pill that's done this. It's just people abusing drugs. Yep, and that's how we're going to. And, and then that's, that's what they, they did. That's exactly what they, they did. had. A they had the mayor of Massachusetts, and I don't have this guy's name. He spoke out like he was coming for him, dude. Like he was about to lay the hammer on their ass. He was coming for him. Well, guess where he ended up working and advising? Oh, Purdue, Purdue Pharma. And then they Pay shut the off. doors twenty nineteen. So he was only there for a little bit, but he was there long enough to make some some coins, some killer money. So. But here's the thing. They wasn't stupid. When they started dumping the, when they had to dump the inventory in Appalachia, they started moving all their holdings overseas. Mm-hmm. So when it came time to pay the tax they man. They knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. They knew it was coming. Um, so again, like we said, the doctors were pushing higher doses uh, to increase their profits. They were getting paid more. So I'm not sure. I know how medical device sales works as far as sales goes, but pharmaceutical, I'm not, I don't, I'm not even going to try to go there. I'm just going to go by what, what I've read and uh, what, what makes sense to me is they're selling the pills, uh, writing prescriptions. You're making money on that. Okay. That writing it for higher doses. I don't know how you can increase the profit on that. I really don't. That didn't make sense to me, but doctors were writing these higher dose pills prescriptions because they were making like getting a lot more money on the back end. This kind of shit is the reason I can't buy my doctor a box of donuts and say, thank you for doing business with me. I appreciate you. Yeah. I can't take my doctor to a baseball game because shit like this, uh, put it, put the cowboy show on it. Like this, this, I, I can't do anything. I can't even give them an ink pen with, uh, with my company name on it. For the, and for those of you that think, you know, well, they, they, they stopped when, uh, Purdue Pharma went out of business. No. Nah. No. Nah. Because in 2019, as this whole shit show is going down, Purdue's filed bankruptcy now the second time. They're about to shut the doors. What does one of the Sacklers, young Joss Sackler, what does she do? Well, she just happens to have a fashion line, and she approaches one Courtney Love. No. Oh. Well, now, according to Courtney Love's publicist, she knew better about the Sackler family, and she turned down the offer. Yeah. And if you believe that, I've got a plane in Atlanta right now that's got some carpet you need to put in your house. I got a good deal. <laughs> I got a good deal on some carpet. Make <laughs> you a hell of a deal. Don't worry about that brown streak. Yeah. It smells like vanilla. Vanilla. <laughs> New flavor, Chanilla. Chanilla. Uh, this whole thing is is completely disgusting. So so finally finally the they do make a move. Like the government gets behind it, the DOJ gets behind it. And both member are both members, both uh, sides of the aisle decide that this is a 
a cause we can both champion. Do you know who uh, Richard Sackler, one of his attorneys, was? Oh, this ought to be grand. Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Oh, well, okay. For I know you were a part of the text that we were a part of, but do you know how many mafia people rejoiced in the street when Giuliani was tied up for RICO charges? Say, man, he's going. He better hope he don't go to jail. I don't think he will. He's not in jail. So here's what happened. They've got him. They got him by the short and curlies. They actually had a, um, where is her name? I had it right here. She was a sales rep, uh, Shelby Sherman. She was an ex-sales rep whistleblower. That's what I was about to say. And she started talking and telling how they how they operated and what they did. And then so what happened is they had already went, uh, Seckler had sent two of his, three of his goons uh, to talk to Congress. They lied to Congress. The whole thing was we can't do anything until they commit a crime. Well, they lied to Congress, and that was that was the crime they committed. So then they start pressing on some people, and they start doing some investigating. Um, they have a whistleblower salesperson feels terrible about all the stuff that's going on. So she she comes in and she tells them, "Hey, this is exactly what how it's happening. This is how we're doing it. This is what's going on." They knew, you know she she kept emails from the day one she started working there from to the time she came to and she printed them all out and gave it to them. So they have them. So, day of court comes in. They've got three high-profile lawyers, and one of them is Giuliani. Um, they're there, and Giuliani makes a phone call to the White House. The White House makes a phone call to the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice makes a phone call to the Attorney General, who's pushing this case, and they do a plea bargain. They plea out. The Sacklers gets immunity, and they're ordered to pay six billion dollars to to the people who've lost family members. Now we're talking over a mi- half a million people. Half a million people. They awarded a six billion dollar payout for immunity, so no Sackler goes to jail. The company Purdue Pharma. We're looking at bankruptcy. They're going to file bankruptcy. Well, and guess that stops what? lawsuits. And guess what? It's still pending. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's pending, so it's, it's not still like the pending. money is out there. It's not like it's been awarded. Right. They're going no. to keep that tied up. And the thing is, what I read, let's see if I can find it again. Yeah, it was an $8.1 settlement, but there was no charges against family members. None. And since the family had already extracted all their money and moved it overseas, in, and it's not liquid, it's no. all tied up. They didn't have to pay the billions. They just had to pay the criminal fines. And now... Which were... The U.S. government is a creditor on the bankruptcy charges for Purdue Pharma. So they're off scot-free. M- misdemeanor false information charge. Misdemeanors. See it. It's all misdemeanors. And we got... At the time, half a million people are dead. At this point now, I think it's what I've read. This is this is kind of like, um, I guess, kind of like uh, I don't know how to really say to to give an analogy. Uh, it's like your what is it? Six degrees of separation. separation. Yeah, that's basically it. So we're talking from that point for point where we started pushing OxyContin to now to today's. Uh, we're I think I saw a number. It was nine hundred. Thirty-six mi- no, nine hundred and thirty thirty-six thousand deaths, opioid-related deaths, 
um, still like we're we're still counting every day. What'd you say every day? What'd 145. You say? 145. I mean a day. that that number grows by 145, 150 a day. Yeah, I mean that stats from an article that was written two years ago. You know it's increased. Yes, well, and the the whole bankruptcy thing they basically were granted global peace from any liability in 2021. And the judge that had to preside over the settlement between their lawyers and the, and the government said, this is a bitter result. I believe that at least some of the Sackler parties have liability for those opioid claims. I would have expected a higher settlement. I, the bankruptcy thing drug on for two and a half years and they're going to pay roughly 4.3 of the 8.1. I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, if any, in here, they if, got to, they got to walk away with it without admitting any wrongdoing. Their current worth, according to Forbes, and this article was published beginning of this year. And Forbes says what they could find. Yeah, this is just what they could find because you know it's way, way more than this. Forbes says they're still worth excess of twelve to fourteen billion dollars. After, that's after. Yeah, because the bankruptcy thing was in twenty twenty one. Yeah, if you want to ask, you want you may ask. Hey, where's Doctor Richard Seckler now? Uh, Doctor Richard Seckler is now reportedly living a quieter life in his modest. $1.7 $1.7 million house in Boca Raton. It's a drastic change given the offload of properties totaling $30 million since 2018. And it says that his net worth alone is $1 billion, which they could find, I'm sure. So, um, They were facing thousands of individual lawsuits. That's why they filed bankruptcy and settled with the DOJ. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. You know, and, and I hate to even bring him up but it's it's probably the best you know best and closest thing to it oj simpson was acquitted but ron goldman and nicole brown's family was able to go back and sue him in civil court and and gain money get some something out of it right can, can these people yes not- civilly this is only on federal and criminal charges okay. because they've not been charged criminally the but the burden of proof is not on the accused. That is what kills me, what you just said. They have not been charged criminally. And and basically this bankruptcy ruling, they're they just, they're done. It's yeah. It's, it's over nothing. for them. They're they will never be held accountable. Ever. I'm gonna tell you, I'm surprised that somebody hadn't killed this guy. That's what I was about to say. I'm I'm honestly honest to God, I'm surprised nobody's killed hadn't killed this guy yet. It's it's I don't know. And and the thing is what nobody understands is when you get down to it, I'm sure in a lot of those situations, it would make life easier for a lot of those families that lost loved ones to this crisis. But they had interviewed a lot of people, and I'm not a big NPR guy, but they've done a good job on the articles they have around this. And one of them said, there's no amount of money that will ever bring my loved one back. Right. And that's just one person. Yeah, I would say 90% of them would give away, just have him come walk through the door. We'll still be poor. We'll still eat cornbread and pintos mm-hmm. three or four meals mm-hmm. a day, and he'll still go clock in at the coal mine. Just let him come home or let her come home. Yeah. And that's what nobody understands. I, th- I think 
basically the long game is they've got enough money they can tie up the civil court the the civil cases in court long enough that these people will start dying off of old age. Every single one of us and everybody that's listening to this podcast, I can guarantee you, you know somebody in your family or a friend or a friend of a friend that's been affected by by an o- the opioid crisis. I had a really good friend of mine who um, who wrecked on a motorcycle, but about cut his leg off. He ran, he a truck pulled out in front of him, had a wreck, and uh, he had to wear a halo. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he had a halo on his leg and they prescribed him Oxycontin and it, it ruined him. It ruined him. And thank God now he's clean. Uh, but he, he lives far away. He didn't even, he lives in the mountains. Uh, like he, I think he works with a group that helps people recover, but he, he don't come home anymore. He don't come back because he knows yeah, that temptation's it, too big. It, dude. And that's been, I'm talking 20, 20 years ago and he, he still, won't come back just because it's like you said and it, it ruins so many families it ruins so many lives i mean and it's still to this day it's like we're talking about it's uh it's it's just manifested into something way worse now it's way worse than what it was if you can even imagine it being worse it's worse and the thing is there's stuff out there now that i guarantee you that's being abused Maybe not at the rate and the high that Oxy was producing, but it's still, that's why, you know, you, when we grew up, we never thought about going to the medicine cabinet to chase something. No. Chase never. the demon. No, never. That's the first place these kids go to. Yeah. You know? If I went to the med- the medicine cabinet, it was Pepto-Bismol or Nyquil. Yeah. I, I even had a stomachache and on an airplane. Or some... Or or I had a or I was I had to flu. Daddy had some you. baby bear in there just in case something Maybe. Yeah. Some Robitussin. Yeah. Got but, some Tussin. Yeah. I mean, I never would have, you know, I'd but just kick, be kicked. I can still taste that <laughs> oh, red, so dark red. red. Yeah, it's disgusting. But I mean, you were talking about that though. It amazes me how many kids that you talk to, even at the age that I deal with, they know what it is that they take. Yeah, they can talk to you about it. Yeah, how and many the fact bars that and the Xanax. fact that they're they're already on these prescriptions. I mean, you got drawers. The previous school that I worked at, I mean, we had a drawer up front, up front where the kids had to come in and they. As soon as they got to school, they took one. After yeah. lunch, they took one. Yeah. I mean, Isn't it on. insane? It's nuts. Yeah, it is. But. And that's the same push. The, it's the, easier to the keep. The benzo crisis is just as bad as oh, the yeah. opioid crisis. I mean, you've got a, you've got a lifetime. Uh, the only thing with benzos and, and opioids is you have a lifetime customer that's probably going to be there for for years to come. Opioid, you're going to, I mean. They're on borrowed time. They're not going to be there long. No, They're not going to be a long time right. customer. So, and what nobody understands, and this is just from a parent standpoint, you try everything in your power at a young age to to stop some of the the internal things, the anxiety, the the borderline depression that's going on, so that the child feels normal. But what you don't understand is the adverse reactions that that has on a growing person. Right. My son lost three and a half inches. Was I mean, and but would I, would I go back and, and take him off anti-anxiety, you know, the anxiety menace? No. Yeah. I wouldn't because, I mean, he's, at least he can function. Sure. You know, but I mean, that's the, the that's the, the scale and balance that you take right, right. now. But how, you know? how mad would you be though? Like how how angry would you be 
if you got a medicine that was given to your child because they needed it. It's something that they needed. It was like one missing link in the chain. Just get take this medicine. And then you got some some chick in the doctor's office saying, Well, you gotta increase these these this milligram. You gotta increase it because fuck this patient. You're gonna make X amount of dollars. Oh, I know, no, 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 yeah. And then before you know it, your child's got a you know, it's an addiction problem. Yes. Twelve, fourteen years old. I I can't imagine the anger these people feel, this lost uh that's or, or it's watching a slow death. Like you like you got one that's is hooked on drugs that's not dead, and you know hadn't talked to him in three months, and then they show up at your house with their teeth missing and ain't had a shower and and hadn't ate and they've lost. I mean, dude, and the people that come off of it is is kind of like the people that come off of meth. It's like they've they stepped into a time warp because when they come off of it, everybody has lapped them. Yeah, right. They are twenty eight or they're thirty three or even older. But they're stuck. But they're when, just like they walked out of high school. Yeah, they have no career. Yeah, they have no education. Everybody that they grew up with now has family. Some of them have grandchildren. Dude, we know people. Yeah, that's what we, I'm saying. We know people that have absolutely fucking ruined their lives with this shit. Uh, and it's a shame that nobody went to jail. It's it's a shame that people are still allowed to live free and have all this money and all this access to to the to the finer things in life. And while in the meantime, they they made over half a million people bury loved ones. But I mean, this, they said over greed. Even in the midst of all this stuff going on, even in the midst of everything, the family still, with all the companies that they were involved in, profit anywhere from seven to ten million dollars. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still a year, a year, a year, a year. still making millions, millions of dollars. I just yeah. I'm going to leave it with this. Um, we talked about the the things that the Sacklers name was on. Uh, it was a pretty prolific list of uh, of places, art galleries, and all over these these places in the world. Uh, their names on all these pristine projects. But one thing that they'll never get away from, the one label that they'll always have, so Richard Sackler will be known as the worst drug dealer in history, and they'll be known as the most evil family in America. Hands down. That's what they'll be remembered for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, that's going to do it for this one. Um, everybody stick around. Uh, we're going to get uh, to some uh, some not-so-stellar not so football picks uh, and see where everybody's stacking up on that. Um, and, again, like if you guys have somebody in your family that's struggling with things uh, this nature. Or a testimony. Yeah. How they maybe, got hooked. Maybe, Man. Maybe, I, I maybe think, they beat it. I think the testimony would be better to hear. We would love to hear that. I, I actually would love to challenge our listeners. To, it'd be great to have somebody give us some something positive that came from yeah. this. And, it, and it's a, I mean, it's a fight. And I think that's what we need to hear. Is yeah. there's no easy way to get out of it. But it'd be great to hear somebody say, "Hey, this person did it." Yeah, and get your people some help. I know you're yes. tired. I know you're mad. I know you're angry. They'll lie right to your face and steal right under your nose, or you know, things like that. Just try to get them some help. And it's that whole thing where, you know, everybody says, well, man, I tried 20 times to get them to change and they wouldn't. Well, what if you tried 21? 21 times, yeah. What if that was just one more would have and done I, it? Just I, don't give up on it. We were younger and our granddaddy was still alive and I'd say he passed probably within about eight months of this. But there's a wild game supper that used to be real famous in the county. Oh, it was amazing. And um, you got to try shit that you didn't have to go out and shoot and it was amazing. But anyway, um, 
So we took him, and he ate like he had never eaten before. But there was a guy before the keynote speaker got up that night. A guy stood up, basically gave his testimony. He was a meth addict. And he said when he was still addicted, he said it was the weirdest thing. His daddy would just show up at random times. He goes, I wouldn't have. He said, it's not that I, I was not one of those that went and stole from my mom and dad. I knew better because my dad would beat me to death. Yes. He said, but I would just, he would be there like a bad penny. And it, it, he said, and he never said, you need to get your life right. He always asked me, when's the last time you had a shower? When's the last time you had a good meal? Yeah. And he said, and I was so angry at him every time he would show up. And he said, y'all, this went on for 20 years. And, he's, and he asked him to stand up, and his daddy was probably in his 60s. And he said, is there anything you, gotta, you would like to say? And he said, because without you, I wouldn't be able to stand up here and give my testimony. And the old man said, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but I would not change it for the world. He said, you don't know how bad I wanted to rub your nose in it. He said, but I knew if I did, just I'd lose right you forever. It, yeah. He said, so I just, one Puzzle piece. He said it was like the jingle board. He said just one little thing. And until and he said finally, when it collapsed, he said I was there to be able to pick up the pieces and put you in a in a better place. And I think if I remember correctly, now this has been what twenty years ago at least. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, the son took over the dad's like cabinet business or something similar. A decent business. Yeah, yeah. I mean something that he had to work at. Mm-hmm. There was a baseline there, but he had kind of took took over. Dad still helped him on some big jobs and stuff, but he had made a name for himself. Um, he and he said, he said, I had to keep Daddy's name on the business because nobody was going to hire me. Sure, he said, but he said that slow process. He said, I just he said that's what every he and he said every day I wake up and he said that it's really it would be real easy for me to go back out there. Yeah, it's that, that is what that is the Lord's grace and mercy. Like I, that is something that I am. I have such a hard time, like trying to, trying to have that. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm, I, I don't give people a lot of chances to, to. I don't have a lot of cheeks to slap. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's hard. So, but, but it, but people in this situation need it, and, and they I need it more that, than any of. Us. I think that the thing is, and I always tell myself this after. A, I have my small panic attacks. (laughs) But if you sit down and you take just 20 or 30 seconds and think about what you are graced and blessed with currently, despite the problems that you're having, it's it's really easy to be jaded and then turn around and know that you're still better off than probably 70%. It seems a lot smaller. Well, If you ever want to feel that way, go eat at Red Lobster on a Friday night and put on a pair of slacks and a button-up shirt, and you'll be like, Jesus Christ, I may be the best-dressed son of a bitch in here. <laughs> but you what say, do you mean I can't? it ain't all you can eat shrimp? <laughs> Where's my biscuits? He had on his best wife beater, and it only had one tobacco stain on it. And I was worried about wearing shorts and a three-button. I looked it. at my wife and said, damn it. I felt bad about walking in here. I told you I shouldn't have wore the Stetson Bennett jersey in here tonight. <laughs> I got cheese dip all over it. Uh, but, but Can't Ar- even go to church now. But Arlo's right, though. It's you got to change the mentality. It's easy, even in my situation of what I've gone through. I mean, you know, my girlfriend tells me all the time. She's like, you've got to... Don't look at what you've lost. Don't be hung up on what you're struggling to, to deal with or anything else. Look at what you've gained from yeah, it. You and look- I think... And it's just... It's perspective, man. It it's just it perspective. It is. And we all going to make it, dude. You just got to keep working at it for sure. So, 
Nothing hits harder than life. Yeah. It's not it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you get knocked down and get back up. You keep going. I ain't got one. Dude, I don't uh the <laughs> David Goggins. Can't stop me, son. Can't stop me. Boat crew can't stop me. Y'all, there are so many parodies of that. If you get hung up on the parody line of that in TikTok, I damn near pissed myself one night. There was a guy with a backpack uh child carrier and then he had a like the snacks and then he had like grocery bags and he's running up this trail and he, as he passes the camera he's like can't stop me son i got the snacks and the kids can't stop me and he's running up the, <laughs> <laughs> the only quote i got for y'all i'm gonna leave it with that it ain't got no gas in it <laughs> <laughs> y'all have a good one later <laughs>